Christmas, Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa have just passed. I've got visions of the Grinch, Charlie Brown, and Frosty the Snowman dancing in my head. My wife's apple spice cakes weighing me down. And now, is it time for a little mental stimulation, clarity, and focus with our end of year English teacher John show 54? Ho, ho, ho! Christmas songs sung in Japanese? Yep, that's right. Welcome to the English Teacher John Show number 54, our end of year show. My name is John Coons, and I am the host of the English Teacher John Show and our other video and audio podcasts. Right here in Matsumoto, Japan, I create and produce all of the video and audio on our website. Of course, I do it with the help of friends, show guests, listeners, and others who pitch in and lend a hand. Thanks to all of you for your help. Happy holidays! Yes, it's the end of year holidays for many cultures and countries around the world, and this includes, of course, the New Year's holiday. So, don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't be a Grinch! You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. I just love that song and the program it comes from. Dr. Seuss's The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. That is really one of my favorites. Um, one of my favorite videos to watch around Christmas time. I think I watched it six or seven times this holiday season. You really don't have to be a kid to enjoy watching The Grinch. But don't be a Grinch. <laughs> uh, this term, Grinch, does come, in fact, from that Dr. Seuss program. Uh, when you're a Grinch, uh, G-R-I-N-C-H, you're being negative. You're not enjoying the holidays or a specific event or function. And you're taking away from other people's experience. Um, I just put the phrase being a Grinch uh, with quotes into Google search. And I see that there are 191 entries. So, it looks like people are writing a few things about the holiday Grinches out there. All right, let's move to the show index for today's show number 54. In our first segment, segment one, it's 
News and reviews. Uh, I'll give a review this time, a movie review of Waking Life, a uh, film from 2001 that is quite original in content and style. Uh, Segment two today will be our new Wikipedia profile. Using wikipedia.org for reference, we'll talk about a person or topic of interest. Today's Wikipedia profile is about the holiday of Kwanzaa. How about an idiom or two? Or three? Okay. In segment three, we'll talk about three idioms. Home away from home. Sitting on top of the world. Over the top. Uh, Podnobbin is uh, our segment four. And it's a look at some recent English learning podcasts. Um, Finally, in segment five, you'll hear a conversation I had recently with my friend Eileen. And she talks about medical school and the holidays. All right, let's get on with the show. Hey, it's news and reviews. I just watched an interesting movie called Awaking Life, released in 2001. Uh, Here's a synopsis of the movie according to my favorite movie review site, RottenTomatoes.com. Director Richard Richard Linklater presents this computer-animated, dreamlike, meandering film about a college-age man Uh, who floats in and out of a series of philosophical discussions and ethereal experiences, meeting an interesting cast of characters along the way. Each character that Wiley meets engages him in an existential discussion. Uh, Wiley, the main character, listens, observes, and occasionally responds. Then he glumly shuffles off to his next encounter. Uh, Critics' reviews at RottenTomatoes.com give the movie an average score of 7.4 out of 10, and 78% of reviews were positive. Uh, The interesting thing about this movie for me was, I was actually in a very dreamlike state when I watched it. No, it wasn't any mind-altering substances that I was on. I had just gotten a cold and was hanging around the house. Well, mostly lying around the house. Then, I put this movie on and I was moving in and out of consciousness uh, in the same way as the main character in the movie. Yeah, that was a bit of a surreal experience. Um, Well, I recommend this movie, though I think the English can be pretty arcane in parts of it. Uh, The English we use when we talk philosophically in deep, meaningful discussions is perhaps a little difficult for beginner, elementary, and even intermediate English students. But hey... This movie can be a great learning object, as it's interesting, and you can make an attempt at learning some new vocabulary, 
collocations, phrases, and new ways to say things. Uh, watch it. Stop it. Think about the language and learn. The animation in this movie, it's, a, it's an animated movie, um, but it's a very different kind of animation. Uh, different style. So I think the animation alone is worth uh, watching it. It's A Waking Life by Richard Linklater. And it's a good one. Uh, filmmaker Linklater's most recent film is Fast Food Nation, which I have not yet seen but want to watch soon. Okay, well, that's it for today's uh, news and reviews. Next, it's our new segment called Wikipedia Profile. One, two, three, four. Hey, this is a new segment, and I'm calling it Wikipedia Profile. I'll look at a person or topic on wikipedia.org and talk about a few points that I find. Uh, you can listen to this segment and see the text on Wikipedia's website. Okay, for our very first Wikipedia Profile, I'd like to talk about Kwanzaa. And that's spelled K-W-A-N-Z-A-A. Kwanzaa has an interesting beginning, and it may be something different from what you think it is. Did you know that it was started by an American in 1966? Okay, I'm going to read directly from the Wikipedia entry for Kwanzaa. In 1966, Ron Karenga, who at the time still went by his given name, Ronald Everett, created Kwanzaa while living in California. There, he was the leader of the Black Nationalist United Slaves Organization, also known as the U.S. Organization, in order to differentiate between us, U.S., us, and them. Uh, and claims that his goal was to give African Americans an alternative holiday to Christmas. He later stated, It was chosen to give a black alternative to the existing holiday and give blacks an opportunity to celebrate themselves and history rather than simply imitate the practice of the dominant society. At the time he created Kwanzaa, Karenga dropped the Everett name, adopted the Swahili Karenga, which means master teacher, shaved his head, and began wearing traditional African clothing. The name Kwanzaa derives from the Swahili phrase Matunda Ya Kwanzaa, meaning first fruits. The choice of Swahili, an East African language, reflects its status as a symbol of Pan-Africanism, 
especially in the 1960s. Though most African Americans have West African ancestry. And further down in the Wikipedia entry, Kwanzaa is a celebration that has its roots in the civil rights era of the 1960s and was established as a means to help African Americans reconnect with what Karenga characterized as their African cultural and historical heritage by uniting in meditation and study around principles that have their putative origins in what Karenga asserts are African traditions and common humanist principles. Principles of Kwanzaa Kwanzaa celebrates what its founder called the Seven Principles of Kwanzaa, which are explained by Karenga as follows. Umoja, unity, to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. Kuji Chagulia, self-determination, to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. Ujima, collective work and responsibility, to build and maintain our community together and make our brothers' and sisters' problems our problems, and to solve them together. Number four, Ujima, cooperative economics, to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them together. Number five, Nia, purpose, to make our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. Kumba, number six, creativity, to do always as much as we can, in the way we can, in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. Finally, number seven, Imani, faith, to believe with all our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. Families celebrating Kwanzaa decorate their households with objects of art, colorful African cloth, especially the wearing of the uwole by women, and fresh fruits that represent African idealism. It is customary to include children in Kwanzaa ceremonies and to give respect and gratitude to ancestors. Libations are shared, generally with a common chalice. Kikombe cha umoja, passed around to all celebrants. Okay, well that's just an introduction to Kwanzaa during the holiday period here. And you can find the text at wikipedia.org. Up next, it's time for some idioms. You are listening to, and I hope learning from, the English Teacher John Show. Hey, what is that? 
flying so low. Oh no, watch out. Here comes today's idiom. It's idiom time, and we have three idioms in our end-of-year show today. First, it's home away from home. Hey, maybe you're not able to be with your family during the holidays, but maybe you have a place that feels like home. It's not really your family's home, but it's a place you can go and feel relaxed, warm, and comfortable. It's your home away from home. Your home away from home. It could be a close friend's house. It could even be a shop, cafe, bar, or restaurant where the people there know you well. You all like each other, and you've had many good times there in the past. It's a home away from home. Do you have a home away from home? Our next idiom, idiom number two, is on top of the world. Uh, also, sitting on top of the world. No, you're not really sitting anywhere. Certainly not physically on top of the world. But you've had some great success recently. Some good goals have been met. Maybe you won an award or a string of awards. Or you were just promoted at work. Hey, you're sitting on top of the world. You're on top of the world. And you are feeling good and excited. It's a great period of success for you. On top of the world. Our next and last idiom for today is over the top. Have you ever watched a comedy movie or listened to a stand-up comedy routine? Sometimes it's just perfect and it's the funniest thing you ever heard. But sometimes it's too much. The performer has used too much bad language, profanity, or has been too cruel, too mean. He or she was over the top too extreme, too much. If you go to a wedding reception and there's not just three or four courses, maybe there are seven or eight courses of food. The banquet hall has four or five people serving each table. The band isn't just three or four people. It's a full symphony orchestra of 25 musicians. Hey, there's 16 different cakes and pies and 22 flavors of ice cream on the dessert table. Hey, that wedding reception was way over the top. It was too much. Too much money spent. Too many services. Too much food offered. Over the top. Coming up next, it's Podnobbin. Let's do some Podnobbin. 
a look at some recent podcast episodes, especially English learning podcasts. Actually, we'll start with a podcast that's not an English learning one, but it's one of my favorites, and it's called Science Friday at sciencefriday.com, hosted by Ira Flato. I've talked about this informative and professional podcast before. Their newest episodes go out on Fridays, of course, and I see that they've just put out an episode called 2006 Science Year in Review. What do you think are the most important science stories of 2006? Pluto was bumped from the list of planets. Google bought YouTube. Evidence and awareness grew for global warming. And on that topic, Al Gore released his informative feature-length documentary film, An Inconvenient Truth. Also, New York City declared war on unhealthy trans fats. And breast cancer rates dropped. Some good science stories from 2006 and a good and challenging podcast to listen to, sciencefriday.com. Okay, here are a couple of recent English learning podcasts that you may want to listen to. Uh, Better at English is a podcast by Lori Lindstruth. Um, I listened to the episode Real English Conversations, Cultural Differences, Part 2 of 3. And that's from 28 December 2006. And the duration is about 7 minutes. Um, it's a conversation between a man and a woman... And they talk about some differences between British English and American English. Uh, And there's a little bit of uh, humor in there. I think uh, you might like that one. Uh, Next is Splendid Speaking Podcast, and that's put out by Peter Travis. Um, It's British English, and it's speaking skills for advanced advanced learners of English. And I listened to the episode Describing Pictures and Photographs. And that episode was put out December 14th. It's about seven minutes long. In this episode, an English learner from Poland has a task. He has to give a one-minute talk about a group of photos that he was given. Um, And also, this podcast talks about how to structure a short talk. And, uh, yeah, I think you might find that one interesting. Splendid Speaking Podcast. Okay, well, if you have the time and motivation to have a listen to these interesting episodes, you can find the links to to these podcasts on our website. Next up. It's a conversation with my friend Eileen about the holidays and about her experience in medical school.
Finally, let's get to some authentic conversational English. The other day, out of the blue, I skyped my friend Eileen in the states. I hadn't been in touch with her for a while, so it was time to catch up. I asked her about the holidays and about her experiences in medical school. And this segment is about fifteen minutes long, and it's our last segment. Hello, is that you, Eileen? Hi, John. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine. Long time no hear. Yes, it's been a while. Well, first I want to say Merry Christmas. A few days late. Oh well, a belated Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, thanks. How how was everything on Christmas? Did you spend time with your family? I did. It was lovely. I'm staying with my cousins right now, so my mom came to visit, and my cousin's brother came, who's also my cousin. And there are a lot of kids, and we had a lot of food to eat and lots of presents to open, and everyone enjoyed themselves. Oh, what did you get? What did you get? Did you get any cool stuff? I got a couple of things. I got a pair of massaging slippers. Massaging slippers. Yes. Like you can't. They um they they massage the bottoms of your feet while you're while you're sitting while you're walking. While you're sitting, actually, you're not supposed to walk with them while they're on. They 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 use batteries and they only massage the bottom. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. Are they heated as well? No, they're not. But but they're pretty warm, so your feet get warm. Hey, that's cool. Yes. Well, Eileen, I'm I'm talking to you on Skype. So where are you right now? I don't even know. I'm in Garden City, Long Island, and where are you, John? Gar- you're in Garden City, Long Island. Now that's in New York, right? That is. <laughs> how how far from New York City? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's uh, less than an hour by train. Ah, okay. I don't know how far it is driving wise. It's less than an hour driving as well. Well, I am in Matsumoto, Japan, where I always am. Well, mostly. <laughs> I, as you know, I've been here. You know, I haven't. I haven't spoken to you in quite a while. Um, I live in Japan, as you know, and、uh, we just had a nice Christmas. My wife and I,、uh, Tomoko and I, we don't really exchange gifts for Christmas, <laughs> but I did buy her a nice mountain bike、uh, a few weeks ago. She must have been a very good girl this year. My wife was a very good girl, so I had to I had to get her something nice. So I splurged a little bit and got her the mountain bike、uh, back what about a month and a half ago, I think. How did you hide it from her all this time? <laughs> well, I、uh, I bought it, rode it home, and gave it to her within a day or two. <laughs> so she's been riding it around. Oh, so Santa came early this year. Santa came early to our house in Matsumoto. That's right.、Mm. Hey, Eileen. Um, I know you have been going through medical school, and、uh, I haven't asked you about that too much, or I don't really understand the process so much. So, where are you in the process? Are you almost finished? I am. I have only about four or five months left. Five months. I'm in my fourth year. Because medical school usually takes four years in the U.S. First, you have to graduate from high school, and then、mm. do four years of college. And there are ten courses you have to take while you're in college. They're called the pre-medical requirements. 
they include um, two courses in math, two in biology, two in chemistry, um, general and inorganic, uh, physics, and that's it. <laughs> well, because two in general chemistry and two in inorganic chemistry. Um, wow. So, then, hey, you know what? I, here's the important thing. Are you cutting people open? That's what I want to know. Uh, I was in March, yes, when I did my surgery. Oh, no, I could never do it. Well, you'd be surprised. (laughs) If it's to help them, if it's to make them feel better, you'd be surprised what you could do. Well, uh, are these people alive or are they just bodies? Well, the bodies we cut open during first year. Oh, okay. But the live people we cut open during third year. But we, we usually don't start the cuts. Usually someone else does it and we just watch or we you know, help hold things back during the the surgery. You know, a little bit like what you see on Grey's Anatomy on TV. Ah, okay. But we don't have as much fun or drama as they do. <laughs> do you guys have all those little relationships going on like they do? No. <laughs> Actually, I don't know because I don't, I, don't, I don't get that show here in Japan. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind then. Do you get ER? Uh, no, we have. Uh, we do not have cable TV here in my house. <gasps> <laughs> Most houses do. Um, so yeah, so we don't. What do your students watch? Uh, they watch. I think uh, Friends. Oh. Might have been popular. You know, I don't know about on the TV, but I know I go to the video store a lot. And uh, ah. you can buy, you can rent a lot of these uh, DVDs with all the different uh, American serial programs. I guess 24 ER, and uh, I think I saw Lost Friends. Ah. Uh, How about, ha- oh, so they don't have, do they have Heroes over there? Uh, I don't think so. Heroes actually has two Japanese characters on it. Ooh, really? I didn't yes. know. W- one of them happens to be named, guess. John. No. It's called Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's called Heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S. But the Japanese, one of the Japanese characters is named Hiro. Right. We have uh, names like Hirohiko in Japanese. Uh. Hey, so um, medical school, this is big news. You're almost finished. Um Wow, I used to, you know, I used to see you a fair amount before you went into med- medical school, and uh, the last few years, not so much. You've been busy with uh, with learning how to be a doctor. Yes, it takes up a lot of time. Not many people have seen me very much, except for my classmates. It's a very tough life. Well, are you going to be uh, a little bit relieved to be, to be done with the uh, the four years? Well, actually, residency, which is the years of training after medical school, after you graduate, is even harder, I've been told. So <laughs> I think I'll be seeing even less of people then. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, there's these stories about uh, residents. Uh, the older doctors, the established doctors, of course, don't want to put in the long hours, and they make the residents uh, do all of these 12 and 15 and 20 hour days. Is there any truth to that? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, the, the doctors don't make them. Um, it's just the way the system works. Although I'm very happy because in the past few years, we've passed a national law which limits the number of hours that the resident can work to 80 a week, which is actually an improvement over what it used to be. 80 for a month? Uh, no, for a week. <laughs> 80 hours in a week. That, that's yes. And that's the, uh, <laughs> so legally you don't have to work more than, you know, like 15 hours a day, right? Uh, no, actually you can work up to, I believe you're not supposed to work more than 24 hours straight, but they make an exception where some days you can work 30 hours. It's very nice. Wow, I'll tell you. So they, they cut you down, you know, they cut you down to 30 or 24 hours at a stretch. Yeah, well, people used to work 36, 48 hours at one stretch, and they used to work 100, 120 hours a week. It was very, very difficult to survive. I think I should match that. You know, one day I'm going to stand up and uh, find some motivated students and give 24 or 36 hours of English lessons in a row. <laughs> Are you sure there are no laws against that? <laughs> yeah, there should be. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so are you, um, I know uh, you're not going to be a brain surgeon or something like that, right? What, what's your uh, specialty, your medical specialty? Uh, yes, I will be a family doctor. My specialty will be family medicine. That sounds nice. It is very nice because it means I can treat everyone, kids, adults, men, women. I can deliver babies. I don't have to turn anyone away at the door. Well, I've got a stuffed up... Uh, Stuffed up uh, sinuses and a sore throat. Can you help me out, Doc? Uh, lots of liquids. Hot liquids are good. Maybe some lemon and honey and over-the-counter medications should be fine. <laughs> I, Chicken I noodle soup always works. <laughs> For a vegetarian? <laughs> uh, tofu noodle soup. <laughs> I heard that the best remedy for many of these things is TLC. Those are my brother's initials. <laughs> <laughs> TLC, Tender Loving Care. Yes, yes. Um, and time. Actually, you should make it TTLC. TTLC, Time and Tender Loving Care. Yes. Cures it's all. True. It's true. The body will heal itself many times. But there are some times when you do need to get the help of some medicine or surgery or things like that. But for small things like a cold, the body will heal itself. Right. Yeah, my body, usually within a couple of days, I get I get a cold or something just once or twice a year, not so much. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. Hey, Eileen, uh, we recently had a discussion on homeopathy, and my, oh. my wife has taken a six-month course in homeopathy. Wow. And I was wondering... In the four years of the, the conventional medical school, the, the allopathic medicine, do, they, do you uh, learn anything about alternative medicines? We do not learn very much at my school in particular. I know that there are other schools that learn more um, because they have naturopathic schools nearby or schools of alternative medicine, but... At mine, we just learn a little bit, mostly about um, herbals and acupuncture because we have a member of the faculty who practices and does research in acupuncture. Uh, we didn't learn much about homeopathy, although I knew some 
some stuff about it myself. And our good friend Lisa in Seattle knows a lot of it, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that's why I want to get in touch with her. We'll have to have her yes. on a have to talk to her soon about that. I'm sure she'd love to talk about it. Yeah. So do you find any of your fellow uh, medical students, are they interested in any of these uh, alternative uh, treatments? Oh, definitely. We have medical students who practice some of them themselves, who learned it before they came to medical school. In fact, one of the main medical student organizations in the U.S. called the American Medical Student Association, or AMSA for short, has a whole interest group called Humanistic Medicine, which deals a lot with alternative medicine. Oh, pretty cool. Yes. Well, I, I know a question I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, I hear about in medical school there's all these strange, uh, funny, practical jokes with uh, body parts, you know, maybe... Uh, Putting a human ear on the chair and you sit down, something like that. Uh, did, did you uh, did you do any of these things or see any of them? To be honest, John, nowadays we are taught to respect the cadavers that yeah. we work with in anatomy class. Well, that's <laughs> so we we aren't allowed to cut things off and take them out of the dissecting lab. And and honestly, we do actually have a special ceremony at our school where we thank the families of the people who donated their bodies to us. So All right. well, I'm afraid no prank stories. And also, we're really busy studying, so it doesn't leave much time. All right. Well, I was digging for a little dirt, you know, trying to figure, trying to get some good pranks or practical jokes that you guys might do. Maybe, uh, yeah, okay. Well, your students might have some good ideas. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe they'll try them out on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be good. All right. So, uh, Eileen? Tell us before um, before you go, uh, what's what's the picture for you? You graduate in uh, you get your MD in May, and you do a residency. Any idea where you're going to be? Where you're going to go? You're in New Jersey now. Where um, any plans for that? Actually, I'm in New York. <laughs> uh, you're in, uh, <laughs> you're in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Yes. It's all in the Tri same area. area. You see, um, I uh, I left the states a while ago, so I get I get that whole area confused it's now. It's a little fuzzy in your mind. I understand. It, it's fuzzy. I only spent about thirty five years there, so. <laughs> well, time passes quickly. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping to do my residency in Seattle, actually. And if I don't go to Seattle, my second choice would be Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, I've been to both those places. Well, Seattle, we have our good friend Lisa there. We do. Um, Anchorage. I was in Anchorage. That's that's probably a nice place to go. Why Anchorage, Alaska? Because the program there trains people very well in rural medicine, which is what I want to do. Excuse me. And I also have a friend there. Well, and besides that, you can do the Iditarod. You can do the big uh, dog, <laughs> dog sled race every year. That's true. <laughs> do you? Hey, I, do you like snow as much as I do? I love snow, John. There's nothing I like more than laying down in snow and making a snow angel. It's right, one well, of the best things to do. Well, then I'm going to recommend that you go to uh, Anchorage, Alaska, and I think <laughs> I think there's more snow there than uh, than there is in Seattle. That's true. That's true. But for residency, I have to go where the best training is, and for me, I think that might be in Seattle. All right. Well, Eileen, thank you very much for talking to us today. I wish you luck wherever you go. And uh, a belated Merry Christmas and Happy New Year 2007. 
You're welcome, John. Same to you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay, I think it's about time to wrap up this end-of-year episode number 54. You can find links to our news stories and transcripts on our My English blog. And that's also a place where you can post your comments and suggestions. Our blog and all of our video and audio podcasts, more transcripts, other language help, and more are at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Our email address is podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Also, you can leave us a voicemail message on Skype at Skype ID EnglishTeacherJohn. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening, um, for all of your uh, support and comments, and I really appreciate it. All of your um, enthusiasm, uh, kind comments and suggestions in 2006, and uh, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you listening to us and visiting our website, and we're glad that you're a part of the uh, English Teacher John community. So uh, let's hope for... Um, more uh, good things in 2007. I'll try to put out, uh, I'll try to keep improving the show and see what we can do with it. And uh, everyone, I wish you the best. Thanks for your support in 2006. And uh, I wish you the best in 2007. My name is John Coons. Have a great week. Happy holidays and happy new year. And thanks to Martin Chennault, our music man. Our first closing quotation is from Phyllis Diller, born in 1927 and getting up there in her years. She's an American comedian and considered one of the pioneers of female stand-up comedy. She said, Christmas is a time when everybody wants his past forgotten and his present remembered. What I don't like about office Christmas parties is looking for a job the next day. And from American humorist and newspaper columnist, and one of my mother's favorites, Irma Bombeck, 1927-1996. to There's nothing sadder in this world than to awake Christmas morning and not be a child. <laughs>